Welcome to the Business Playground. I am your fancy host, Alana Nolan, and I have with me for the next five podcasts my PR guru, fresh from Dubai, Tatiana Ferreira. Hi, guys. Absolute pleasure to be here. So exciting, actually. And we have Tatiana for a month. We're going to try and smash out five podcasts so that we can get the business playground off the ground in a really successful way. And then we're going to try and convince her to stay. (laughs) Yeah. And then if so, then we'll have um, 20 more episodes (laughs) ahead of us. Yeah. And we'll have everyone unsubscribe by that point. So we'll just start where we are. Um, This is the first podcast of the series. And we literally just came up with the name Business Playground. So Alana, did you want to go into what this is actually about, what we're going to be talking about? Um, what is the background of Business Playground? Okay, so we did just come up with the name, and the reason it's the Business Playground is, I guess, to be an accurate representation of our approach to business, especially my approach to business, which is playfully curious, annoyingly full of shit, random, energetic, silly, just different. So we're going to share as much as we can about business and about Working, work life, brands, business purpose, strategy, all of the things that we care about. And we're going to be as real as and raw as possible. Yeah, Sorry, and have some fun with it. Definitely, because that's what doing business in the 21st century is. It's a literal mindfuck. So <laughs> why not? Let's yes. get to it. Look, if you have your own business, the reason we all have our own business is to have that freedom to be ourselves and be expressive and have fun. So, like, I'm sick of being super serious and conservative, and here we are. Okay, so episode one, we're going to talk about um, the underpinning philosophy of my business service, which is purpose, purposeful business, meaningful visions, and we're just going to use Tatiana to do that. So we're going to ask Tatiana, Tatiana, How did you find what you wanted to do as a PR guru? Like, how did we get started on this? So doing what drives you. So for me, I mean, I I wouldn't call myself a PR guru. I do have quite a bit of experience. So I guess the guru-ness would hopefully come out in the next few episodes. So (laughs) what, I mean, as for me as a kid, I've always been very vocal. Uh, For those who know me, they're, they're very aware of that. And I always wanted a platform to share my voice Right. since I was a kid. So yeah. from that, I started with broadcast. I started doing radio since I was seven years old, uh, just doing commercials, talking on Portuguese free-to-air radio. Love this. Um, very ethnic upbringing. So you come from a family of radio superstars. Basically. My mom being like the number one. Yeah. But anyway... Um, So, yeah, so I I found my purpose from a very young age just by being a chatterbox. So from there, I thought, okay, I'm graduating uh, high school. What am I going to do? You know, struggles ended up getting into uni um, and I got into um, actually a communications and I started actually doing law subjects. And from there, I'm like, I absolutely hate law. I want to travel the world. This is not me. So then I merged into a double degree and I did journalism, a Bachelor of Journalism and a Bachelor of Communications. Uh, and I was majoring in public relations. And this is where the whole PR guru thing came about, She's I guess. The PR guru, you so, guys. So look, at the end of the day, what I'm passionate about is sharing stories with people in, you know, through through a platform that, you know, that, that has like people can easily access. So 
that's always been something I wanted to do and that's my purpose. And it ended up kind of, you know, through experience, you fall into one thing. And 100%. Then, yeah, so PR you was You never an know accident. the path, right? You always know, like, what you want to be doing, but the how and the where, you never can plan that shit out. Exactly. It's kind of as if it's mapped out for you, but you can only connect the dots looking back. 100%. So it kind of, you know, that's how I fell into it. It's not... It, that some people what was your purpose did you know what you wanted to do did you always want to be a consultant since you were a kid fuck no I didn't know what a consultant was exactly honestly what I wanted to do when I was a kid like I wanted to be an actress I wanted to be a model I wanted to be famous exactly but now I think that's all part of what I'm doing like I wanted attention and I think that was the fundamental element of it and I can get that like we're on a podcast right now you never know I might be famous from this so it comes through but the purpose for me I had to go through a process of like realizing what it was because I went through a super conventional Greek upbringing my grandparents and my mum like god bless them I love them so much but the migrant mindset was so real in my house so My mum went to uni, my mum got a safe job, and then I had to, like, be the shining grandchild, and I had to do dentistry. And I was like, there is zero way I'm putting my hand in someone else's mouth for a job. (laughs) Like, and my grandfather said, you get paid and you work short hours, you're doing it. Thank God I didn't get the marks. I did law instead. Classic backup. Um... So I'm, you know, six years into this degree going, I actually don't want to be a lawyer. That's not at all a thing for me. I really, you can find me to a computer and that's the worst way to get the best out of me. So I picked that up in the first like semester of uni. Like I'm not doing But I didn't feel the permission to actually do something else. So I was going to ask you, how did you always feel permitted to be what you wanted to be because I think a lot of people get confined by these social projected expectations it was expected of me and in a very clear way to be one of three professions doctor dentist lawyer Mm -hmm. and I followed that because that was all I was aware of like I guess because your family were in the public image perhaps you felt like that was a really obvious I mean, it depends Job. It depends on the generation. Like, my grandparents literally don't know what the fuck I do for a living. You know what I mean? For them, it was it, it was always, yeah, be a doctor, you yeah. know, like, my dad's in the health industry, be like him. Yeah. So that was a very traditional, I guess, immigrant European mindset. Um, I, for me, I just didn't give a shit what people said or thought about me, and that's what really got me to doing what I want to do. Okay. It's just I don't care. And also I'm a massive attention seeker, I guess, as well. You know, I did want to, like, say, like, be known or be famous. It's I think so interesting. Us, I us, do millenni- know us millennials, I guess we crave that attention and want to make a difference. And I feel that this would be the best way that I would be able to make a difference. Right. Because I don't particularly like looking at people's teeth all day or whatever yeah it was just a little bit gross I think I have nice teeth so it kind of worked out not doing dentistry but (laughs) essentially I had to go through this discovery and it was like uh, the process that I took I might share it because it might be valuable it was like no matter where you've worked and no matter what you're doing and who you're talking to what is it that you're always bringing to the table do you know what I mean because like even I've had different jobs doing different things even when I was making pizza you know, at 14 years old making pizza, even when I was doing risk consulting at 25 years old, 
what was the commonality? Like, what was I always trying to do in my job, even though I was being told to do something specific? And for me, that was always connecting with the people that I was working with, driving leadership, finding meaning for everyone to work as a team, creating common goals, finding ways to do things better, finding ways to challenge what was going on, like always challenging shit, asking why, dissolving the word can't. Um, in Australian, it sounds very rude, so we'll <laughs> stick with the American yeah. version. We'll stick with just can't, not absolutely can't. shutting that down. Like that pissed me off, and so I was kind of like, "Huh." So my purpose is really just to like make people feel valued at work and make people feel important and bring the gifts out of others. Like you have a great presence on the radio, on TV. That's why you're here. <laughs> Potentially, but so do you. Um, but say, for example, in what you do, how are you different to, say, a psychologist? Because people go to psychologists and psychiatrists to find meaning and purpose and value in what they do. Yeah. So, Well, I don't really believe in your story. And look, I believe that there is so much value for a psychologist and a psychiatrist. I've not studied either discipline, so I can't comment in a way that won't be ignorant. But what I will say is my experience with psychologists is they allow you to carry a story that justifies your limiting behaviors. And I don't allow people to carry a story that justifies limiting behaviors. Also, I don't really give a shit, like, where you're at in your personal life or what you're doing. I want to know how are you here to make a difference? How are you here to make things better for everyone? What is your legacy? Let's focus on something that's, like, bigger than ourselves because I have all of these limiting stories about insecurities being judged, like, you said you didn't give a fuck. I gave so many fucks. Like, if there was an unlimited basket of fucks to give about what people think about me, I'm lugging that with me everywhere I go. So that, I could go to a psychologist and talk about that for the next 18 years. Or I could just say, what is my bigger picture purpose? Like, do I want to leave a legacy or don't I want to leave a legacy? I think everyone does in a way. And so let's figure that out and fuck the, like, psychology. Exactly. <laughs> Very, very good point. Very, very, very Thanks. good point. No, no psychology or medication needed, guys. You know, we just need, we just need Look, Alana. Look, you may. <laughs> and I don't, I have no issue with that. And, like, I genuinely believe in the benefit of talking your shit out sometimes. And I genuinely believe in, like, writing your shit out. But you really want to have an objective. Because who wants to be stuck in that? Like, you could just play the same loop of issue for the rest of your life and you would never achieve your purpose. And I think when you're unhappy in your job, which is a lot of people's experience, or if you're unhappy in the business that you're owning because you got stuck there, you will play the loop just as a comfort. Definitely. And it's kind of people, like they get the signs, but they're not able to even identify them or even pay attention to them. They just keep going yeah. in that comfort zone loop. And that's where, you know, businesses and and people in general start to fail. Yeah. Themselves, I mean, look, the basically. number one medication for any life issue is gratitude. You know this. You've been trying to practice oh it in your own life. Girl, I just did hot yoga this morning. <laughs> I heard the word gratitude like 500 times. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, wow, I'm such an ungrateful bitch. Like, this is probably the most time I've heard grateful in the past yeah. 12 and years. And when you're an ungrateful bitch, you find so many things to complain about. For sure. I mean, true. <laughs> true. So, okay. So that's, look, I think... For me, creating something that's a lasting legacy, creating businesses that change the world. Like, I co-create businesses with business owners. That's what a consultant can do if they're really good at their job. So that's kind of how I see it. 
Um, that's my legacy. So, yeah, nothing is really going to get in the way of filling, fulfilling my purpose. But I want to know then, so you figured it out. Can you tell me about, like, your career journey to get to being this, like, freelance PR guru that you are at this point? My journey. So, um... I, when I graduated, I did face a lot of um, situations where I encountered people with these limiting beliefs. So hmm. my goal was I want to be in broadcast media in Australia. You know, I go to one audition and they're like, you know what, you're too ethnic to be on broadcast. You're too ethnic to be on TV. So I'm like, that was the response that I was getting. Yeah. I wasn't going to accept that. Yeah. So I ended up just packing my bags and going abroad on a whim. So I ended up in the Middle East just for shits and giggles. Yeah. I thought, you know, everyone was like, oh, you're crazy. You're going to go there. You're going to come back in two weeks, whatever. And yeah, five years on and, you know, I'm here and I survived it. So with with the PR thing, I it, I ended up, you know, I got, I got to this place. Two weeks later, I ended up, I got a job and I started working. Yeah. And that's how I started. Like I was thrown in, I was thrown in the deep end. Big time. And I think that's the best way to start with anything. Yeah. Just for example, we came up with the business playground name on on a whim. That's the best way to do it. Sometimes the best ideas, the best situations come out of, you know, insanity. Did we record that? Because we can maybe put that on Instagram later. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll show you how we came up with that because that's really interesting. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> oh. just you know, just on a whim like that. So God bless that, Kanye so, so, West. So I kind of let you know, I did what I wanted at the same time. I let the universe kind of like play, like take its toll and, yeah. and kind of, you know, I went along with it. Um, and yeah, so my my first job was, my first serious job as a PR consultant was abroad. So I was in a new country. I didn't know the media landscape. I didn't know the language. Um, so I had to work a hundred times harder than everyone else. And I think that's what really sets someone who's successful apart from someone else is actually the time that you put in. Yeah. So when everyone else clocks out, if you just put, say, even an extra two hours a day, just, you know, say, studying the media landscape, or if you're a football player, you know, going to the football pitch and kicking some balls, whatever your profession is, you really need to put that extra time in that, you know, there's a saying or like there's lyrics by Drake and he says I swear y'all that be do that ain't been doing shit you're doing the most so basically the ones who ain't doing shit they're doing the most for you so right. and, and that's the time that you take like God advantage bless of the lazy people in my Ex- industry <laughs> exactly exactly so that's kind of what helped me get to where I wanted to be or where I am right now and then I just kind of worked my way up Um, in the PR industry and I was doing, you know, strategy and, you know, to the point where I was doing celebrity endorsement deals, dealing with journalists, working with big events, big FMCG companies. So now I've, you know, I kind of had my fingers dipped in all different industries from, you know, like uh, consumer goods, lifestyle brands, um, sports, um, luxury, uh, to even, you know, more governmental and, you know, healthcare education. So um, I think it's important for when you're, when you're doing something, be open to experiencing every single angle of that profession possible. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, so don't just think, I mean, if you really want to get, you know, gruesome or, or not gruesome, but, you know, imagine, like, imagine just having sex in one position. Mm-hmm. It's so boring. So imagine just, imagine just, you know, doing work in a very vanilla way and just doing the same thing every day like you're working in a bloody news agent just typing things like it's just it's very mundane so just be versatile with what you do create your own sprinkles exactly a hundred percent yes 
Okay, so I'm really interested in two of the things that came out of this. So yeah. the first one was this theme, and I'm so glad you came to this because I am like a hippie business babe. Like all of the universal co-creation, synchronicity, vibes, intention setting, I'm here for all of that. And I believe that like the universe probably runs 80% of my business strategy and I run, I set 20 and it achieves everything. I don't know how, but I think once you've taken the action, right? So this is where I'm getting to like what your belief is around co-creating with the universe, because from what I hear, you were wanting to achieve a long-term goal. You knew that one of the steps would be to move overseas and open doorways. You move overseas and the universe is like, here are all the doors that you've been waiting for. Here are all the cookies that you've been like following the crumbs of. Mm -hmm. How do you like normally go about achieving universal co-creation? Do you intention set? Do you have any practices? Yeah. So, uh, look, it's all about the thought process. And I really do believe what you think you manifest. Right. And it often happens for people when they think negatively. So when, you st- when you're in a negative mindset and you know, like you think you wake up, you I'm going to have a shit day. You will have a shit day. Everything's going to be horrible. So, yes. you know, with what in terms of career and goal setting, I knew what I wanted I had that light at the end of the tunnel and I had the purpose as to why I wanted to do it yeah whatever happens in between is just a journey yeah you know and that and that's what I accepted and even um you know there is a there is a Latin saying called amor fati which literally means love what is happening to you not love what you do but literally if you're going through shit love it yes you know just like, find feel it. the positive in what's going on exactly the universe isn't here to fuck on you it's here to give you everything that you need to achieve your purpose because how is it that you're here how is it that out of billions of odds you were born like you must be here to add some kind of value all of us are here to add value it's just about the mindset i'm waiting for the appendix to become extinct like i'm waiting for a generation to be born without an appendix because it's now redundant right (laughs) true redundant elements species become extinct so if you're still going like there's a reason for you to be here so i do believe in surrendering to the universe but you have to put in the work you have to really like commit i think finding your purpose is the most important thing that anyone can do because when you're doing meaningless work you're not inspired whoever you're working for isn't getting the best out of you whoever the ultimate consumer is is really probably not getting the best experience like there's just so much to be said for doing what you love and mm-hmm. doing what you really think you're here to do. I totally agree with that. And uh, I think as well, just be mindful that it's not easy. People always see people's success, others' success on social media. And you need to remember that it's not about, you know, the purpose is there, but it's really just enjoy the journey, even if it's a shitty journey sometimes, yes. you know. I'm not saying that it was all, you know, glitter and rainbows for me at all. And, um, but, you know, I, I I I enjoyed it, the time that I put in and, and yeah. I think it's, it's so funny. Even, you know, doing this podcast, part of the intention that we set was to show the imperfect element Definitely. of creating something the bumps along the road like an unedited unfiltered view into starting something new like we literally decided to do this two days ago 
And instead of perfecting it and planning it and planning it, it was like, nah, we're doing it. We'll just start. Exactly. Because this is, you know, this is the universe telling us, just do it, girls. Just you have do the energy. It. And that's what, and that's actually great advice to give to anyone out there. If you really want to do something, the difference between successful people and non-successful people is you know sometimes the successful person is not the most intelligent one no they just, they just do it they just started um and and as well like uh, um as we were talking about earlier is you know don't do things just because everyone else is doing it so say for example this whole e-commerce fad just because everyone is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it right find your niche and and be the best that you can be in that niche like i could make you know, $5 million this year selling bikinis, but do I love bikinis? No. Do you love bikinis? Yes. So it's probably more a business that you would go into than me. But me following what I love and want to achieve is guaranteed to have, like, a sustainable success. Definitely. And another another thing, so say, for example, going back to this whole example of e-commerce, is that, say, for example... People do things just for the purpose of making that cash flow. So they do things for the masses, yes. not with, you know, that the story behind it. And that's what's really important as well is really, um, you know, when you're creating anything, even if it's just selling, say, bikinis, you need what's the story behind it? How is that going to make people feel? Yeah. Um, and and for like for me, if I were to create something, it would be something that I would want and also how how am I going to make people feel special say wearing this yeah um so how do you design a brand story and can we keep it on the purpose theme because like yeah okay so I think the best okay the first thing is and and for uh, the method to any successful business is obviously brand alignment you need to have the key messages you need to map that out immediately as like before you even come up with any you know brand imagery or colors or fonts or any of that shit you need to sit down kind of like look yourself and your business in the mirror and be like what are we about yeah and and that usually comes in a form of a message house so you have an overarching message yeah okay and is this like your mission statement or your vision exactly okay it could even just be one word Okay. Imagine, or even two words, like beach culture, for example. Amazing. And then you have the umbrellas. So what are I love this beach pun. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So you know what what are the what are the umbrellas that fall under beach culture? Would it be you know would it be say like um, beach attire? It could be accessories. It could be you know the actual beach um, activities that you do. Like there's so many different umbrellas under this, and then under these small um, umbrellas you have the proof points. So um, you know, what about our company um, is good in terms of our beach attire? And yeah. then you go to proof points, quality, color, whatever. So this can you can apply this to any company, any business model that you want. Yeah, um, I think the slip up is when you see a business. So, OK, let's continue. We're going to continue with the beach culture thing. Yeah. So you're doing beach attire, swimmers, wraps. Bloody jet skis. You can sell jet skis. You, if you can want. sell jet skis. But if you've got a manufacturer in China that's you know making your swimwear, and then they say, "Oh, we also make gowns. You sell women's stuff. Do you want to sell gowns?" Now that's like a, tr- a oh, slip yeah. up, right? No, you need to stay true to to your brand. And and the reason why the message house exists is then you you're gonna start. You're gonna have to come up with some kind of slogan. So say like easy breezy beautiful cover girl. Everyone knows beautiful this slogan. So when it comes to branding, and then messaging so it's actually a, a, a statistic that every, a, every time a person hears something three times repeatedly mm-hmm. they as- automatically associate this message with that brand forever like adidas impossible is nothing nike just do it 
kappa people on the rod. So as as long as a person hears that three times, yeah, that's it, and that's what's going to stick. So the foundation is so important before you kick off anywhere, and and it's going to help you when, say, for example, you get these distractions of, hey, do you want to sell sell gowns? Yeah. You're like, no, because that's not what my ma- messaging's about. Yeah, and and that's also has to do with the target audience. Why would surfers want to all of, all of a sudden buy gowns you from know? you like exactly. how are you a reputable yeah but so. this is like i know that that's an extreme example but this is actually something that we see businesses get caught up in all the time yeah. and that's really for me when i'm talking to a business owner that's i kind of say like lost their purpose like you haven't lost it inside you but you've lost the commitment to acting in accordance with it every day they're doing wishy-washy like whatever's going services or products exactly here they're everywhere and wondering why their costs are so high on marketing wondering why their costs are so high on operations because it's like not at all streamlined into a focal area um wondering why their staff are disengaged confused and not giving any percent of effort um and wondering why they're not growing so how do you think we could communicate to our listeners some steps on maybe like auditing what you're doing and bringing it back to brand does that make sense yeah makes sense okay so it depends like what questions you're... to ask yourself because i think as a business owner you might mm-hmm. be so in the midst of overwhelm and stress and flurry that you have no idea what's even going on so the first question you should ask yourself is why am i even starting this business or still in this business exactly if the if the reason is money, abort mission completely. Wow. Because there is no purpose. Without the without purpose, there's no point. Yes. You won't make money. Yes. But he, Steve Jobs didn't start Apple because he wanted to be a billionaire. He also like got kicked out of Apple when it became about money and then Apple did exactly. poorly. So it's exactly. the best example ever. Money is like Honestly, it's great. It buys you really cute things, but at the same time it's it's kind of the root of all evil when it comes to ruining relationships in, in personal in a personal way in business aspect right completely so we need a so, mission yeah. bigger than than money. revenue yeah and a mission bigger than our own gain exactly right so that's that's the first so the why first are you here is the question exactly why why are we starting this that that's the first question yeah and why then, am i still doing this business should i just close this business down exactly and, and maybe, that's not failing right that's just like a viable no, option oh my goodness so many people have had like four or five six business you know venture trials that have failed completely and then you know found something that worked so yeah i think it's doing something with a bigger purpose and you know really um and the messaging really resonating with that target audience right you know it's not just about you so, you know what I mean? How so how do you figure out your target audience? Because I had really a lot of trouble doing this for myself. Yeah. I was like, I just want to help people and like I'm never gonna turn anyone down. Like, why would I narrow my I wanna help anyone in business? Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of a matter of well, it took me a really long time to actually like <laughs> find, okay, well, I don't really work with businesses this size and I don't really work with businesses this small and I don't really work with product businesses because it's not an area that I can optimize. Like, I have very limited experience there, whereas service businesses, like, I'm 100% all over you. Mm -hmm. So how would you say someone goes about finding their target audience? And really, like, is it the most important thing to start out with? Or can you do it later? Like, what do we need to know about it? Okay, so... 
okay, what can people do? So no, finding the ta- target audience is not the most important thing okay. in the initial, like the preliminary phases of it. The first thing, why am I here? What is my product doing? How is it benefiting people? Okay. That's the first thing. Second step, you come up with the message house. So you come up with, you know, this is what I want my brand vision to be. Yeah. And then once you break that down, you'll start to realize, hey, this is my target audience. Right. And then that's, so the target, the purpose of the target audience is, so you can start creating um, collateral brand content that that connect that they can connect with, and right. that's what will get you people interested in your brand, connecting it, purchasing your product or service or whatever it may be. So it's kind of like a domino effect. But first, you need to it's or a ripple effect, whatever you want yeah, to call it. Perfect. Um, so the audience almost like organically comes out yes. of the process of really knowing clearly what you're here to do, why you're here to do it, and maybe even how you're going to do it. Exactly. Okay. And then and then the rest, obviously, the, the whole PR aspect is just presenting it in the most sexy way possible. Okay, so when you're communicating to customers, I'm really passionate about this at the moment, and I've had some really interesting customer experiences lately as a consumer. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of wondering, like, do brands... Um, this is also a service that I work with clients on. Do brands target their, um, so communicate to their target audience from what they think the audience wants to hear or from, you know, your perspective as the business? Okay, so this is... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such a challenging... So this is where, okay, this is where the marketing aspect comes into it and you need to do focus groups, you need to ask around, you really need to understand consumer behavior. Right. Because at the end of the day, you want to sell your shit. Doesn't matter, like, (laughs) yeah, I get it. Like, you have your brand message, you want to stay true to yourself. You do. Yeah. And you and you do. However, how can you kind of meet people halfway? Maybe it's not even about changing your mess, like changing your core values, but it might just be changing a word or two. Yeah, that might be you know that would connect with that audience better. Okay, do you know what I mean? It's like instead of saying like "Have a splendid evening at you know this restaurant," be like "Yo, it's going to be lit. Come through." Some people might connect with that. It's about the phrasing. Okay, but without diluting your recognizable brand yeah does that make sense like if you're known for being oh hello yeah and you start hitting up like you know r&b channels and you're like yo 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 (laughs) but but that's maybe diluting your brand let's just like for example rappers and chains jewelry if you really just put the product by itself gold like you know gold chains diamonds you're automatically gonna associate that with class and, Rich and white prestige. Ladies. Exactly. Shame. Exactly. But half half the people wearing it are like rappers, you know what I'm saying? But now they I'm saying- actually live for the oh hello and kind of shaking that up. Like that's exactly. part of their authentic brand is to shake up these kind of like stale societal rules. Exactly. So we wouldn't even want to change the marketing to target rappers because they love shitting on <laughs> the rich white ladies in, you know, the Harry Winston. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I genuinely... So, okay, so for me, when I'm looking at it, and I want to actually get some of your insights because yeah. I'm selfish and I have you in the room with me. I have a philosophy around communication. So this is, like, one of the steps of me working with businesses that are growing. And it's how do you... How do your customers experience your brand is my communication question. Okay. Um, from start to finish, because we're looking at how we communicate in 
acquiring customers, we're looking at how we deal with customers, and we're looking at how we continue the relationship long-term. But in terms of acquiring customers, I look at it as how do I align my value offering? So the value that I bring is deeply based on my purpose. So I'm doing only services for you that I believe can help you in the way that I was brought onto this planet to help people. Mm-hmm. How do I align that value offering, selling um, beach attire, to your fundamental purpose or desired value receiving? So if I know that my target audience are beach goers, surfers, beach babes, Bondi chickies... I'm looking to communicate my brand authentically in a way that resonates with what they want. So okay. it's like a fusion, I guess, of market research and never deviating from what is our brand. Exactly. But, but right. the thing is, if you if you understand, when, when you're starting the company and you understand, you know, this beach culture, say if we're going back yeah. to this Bondi thing, you... The, the, the values that you've created initially are going to be aligned with these people. And by the way, what's not to say, for example, I'm quite a bougie bitch, but I love the beach as well. Right. So, so you don't, the audience isn't necessarily just like surfers and stuff. It could be a more sophisticated crowd. Right. So if I, as a business owner, start my business and surfers, like I feel like I'm a surfer and I really love surfers and yep. that's my target audience, that's not excluding non-surfers. It may. It's the exact same thing as the rappers buying old white lady jewels. Exactly. So it's not excluding, but I'm so consistent on my brand messaging that my brand becomes more concentrated and more powerful instead yep. of trying to target to, you know, bougie Gold Coast that don't act- the bougie part of the Gold Coast that don't go in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, versus the surfers, like that's two very different segments. I wouldn't necessarily be targeting both. Why not? Would you? Yeah, why not? Because I'm looking at my brand and I'm thinking, well, this is what I'm about. I'm about surfing. That's what I love, breathe, know. Okay, so this is... That's what I'm going to communicate. I don't want to come across as unauthentic. All right, so this is where you... Okay, that's where... Okay, when the the brand expands a little bit more... Yeah. Then you're going to start separating brand identity, brand equity versus target audience. Right. So you, as the the brand owner... Mm. That's where you're going to, if you want that core value message to go across, that's where you, like, you're going to have to go out there and do, say, for example, interviews and media appearances and really be this, the voice and be the spokesperson of that message that you want to convey. Yeah. What the consumers do after, say, they purchase the product is really, you know, it's, I mean, it's not really any of your business at the end of the day. No, it's not. You can only, you can only do it, you, like, what I'm saying is, as the brand owner, you can only do as much as you can um, to be true to that message from your end. So yes. you need to be that expert. You need to be that spokesperson. Or um, if you want to do, say, for example, a celebrity endorsement deal that will influence the consumers, that's when you contract someone, you pay them a shit ton of money, you tell them, bitch, I want you to say this, this and that, and I want you to brainwash these motherfuckers, and that's what's going to happen. Right. That's how it works. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and I'm really curious about this, because Rise of the Instagram Influencer. Yeah. There are so many brands that I see on Instagram that I have consumer distrust. Like, I'm not going to buy from you, because I see you as just funding all of these 
influencers' lifestyles, and I don't know that they actually believe in your product, and I think that there's, a like, a high level of um, unauthentic behavior going on and I don't even perceive that the brand started their brand for a reason other than sales on Instagram in the next two to five years whilst this is the trend exactly so how do you appropriately engage a spokesperson an influencer does that like what is a way to use social media without losing your authenticity so for me I would just be Mm -hmm. At the, and because I'm also like cost effective all the time, I would just be hitting up myself on exactly. lives. Exactly. That, I mean, this is you're the perfect example of what I'm telling you. You are the spokesperson for your brand. And it doesn't matter if, say, that your client's uh, values deviate a little bit or the product yeah. values deviate from what you do. You're the brand. You're the spokesperson. Right. But you, if George Clooney was like, Alana Nolan is exact- really. So that's called brand equity. So it's given you, (laughs) aka, it's given you street cred in the biz world. Yes. George Clooney, please come be my street cred one day. Um, But he has credibility. Yes. So. Okay. So like the best example is, again, back to beach, beach attire. Yeah. We would get, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to get Oprah to be my, you know, endorsee. In a bikini. Exactly. That would actually, like, if Oprah wore your bikini in public, that would be the ultimate sales point. It's the only bikini we've ever seen Oprah in. It must be the best. <laughs> and if she gave it away, if she brought back her show for one day and gave it away, that would just be the, like, That gold would be mine. epic. I, I guess it just, it needs to make sense. And, and when it comes to choosing the right person, you're the one who's going to be investing in them monetarily. You would right. do your research. Yeah. You, would, you want to see the analytics. Who are the people that follow them? What other brands are they working with? That's also very important. Cause so you, yeah, interesting. That's such a conflict of interest. Say, like, if you're promoting, like, a shaving cream brand, like Veet, but then they're also sponsoring Gillette. So do you, do you shave your legs or do you bloody use Veet? Do you know what I mean? Interesting. So, so that actually, David Beckham had this issue before where he was, he had a celebrity endorsement deal with Gillette. Um, but then he was like growing his hair and doing all these hairstyles and then grew a beard. It's like, are you not endorsing us or what? Are like, you not shaving your face? Like, what's the yeah, point of us wow. paying you so much money and you're not shaving your face, mate? So <laughs> you need to make sure that, you know, you have a, a proper contract set out that, you know, you must shave yeah, your face yeah, for at least exactly. the rest of your life. And not the rest of your <laughs> life, but, you know, X amount of time. This is how long the contract goes for. This is the amount of posts I need you to do. This is what these are the messages that I need you to say in these posts. You can even go as detailed. I'm not about micromanaging social platforms because you need that person to be authentic to themselves and their yes. platform. Well, you but you've got two brands yeah. that are really collaborating. So if you're wanting to be authentic and you find the right person to authentically represent your brand and then you tell them to not authentically represent themselves, you've just lost all credibility. Exactly. So you need to, it's a very delicate process, by the way. I've been through it. There's been a lot of arguments that happened where you're like, I don't want to post this because that's not true to myself and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we just paid you a shit ton of money. What do you mean? So that's when you really need to sit down with a person and really reach that middle ground. It's kind of like being in a relationship. You're not going to have everything in common with your significant other. You've got to make it work, you know? Right. So how did you feel then? Because I know that you care so much about what you do in sharing messages and using your voice for the best way possible. How did you feel during that deal where you were 
essentially being asked by your employer to smother someone's true you know, voice. So so that's um that was really frustrating because for me as a person I can totally relate to them and I'm like damn if I was in your shoes I would probably be reacting a lot worse. Yeah. Um but because there's so much money involved and because at the end of the day my priority was to my client who was paying so much money that you know, Shame. yeah, I just had to be like, I'm sorry, but this needs to be done. Um, if you don't do it, it's a breach of contract, then we won't pay you your, the rest of your money. So it's really, I mean, imagine sometimes if we do advance payments, the celebrities wouldn't show up to the event. So, I mean, that makes them lose their, their credibility. So it's a very delicate process. Um, and I personally, I believe when it comes to social media and having the right spokesperson for your brand, I would rather go big than have micro influencers who may or may not have real followers endorse my brand. It makes it look cheaper as well. And I think it looks really cheap yeah. and nasty when you see, like I follow some young Instagrammers because they just, they have the most beautiful content. But I get really disenfranchised when I see six of them all post the same product at the same time on the same day. Now I'm like, okay, but you don't really use, you don't, you obviously don't use that. You obviously said that with a contract and a payment, all Mm -hmm. of you at the same time with Mm -hmm. these terms of posting. And I'm never going to buy that product because... And I'm really never going to buy any product that you post on your Instagram now because I don't know what's real and what's not. Exactly. I know hashtag ad is required, but if you don't hashtag ad, I don't even trust you. Like, you're so easily bought. So, I mean, the what the way I personally as a consumer, um, say, become engaged with things is if my friends are posting it and I know that like, they're raw and they're authentic and right. it's just very candid. I, I feel like that way about Kim Kardashian, though. You think so? She's very Except candid. with her, like, skinny tees. Oh, my but God. I think like, she's, no, and the gummy bear thing, the but she's, blue ones. What she actually uses in her every... Like, I've watched her show for 10 seasons. Oh, and I, there's, there's product placement in that, by the way. I know, but, like, <laughs> she comes across, she's my friend. Yeah, on, for sure. Do you know what I mean? So, like... And the fact that she really is always herself and it's actually just... Whether she's staging it or not, when she's staging it, she's so transparent that it's staged. And when she's just using something, it's really authentically perceived. Like, this may all be completely fake and I'm the number one conned human in the world. Most likely, yeah. But the Instagram thing, like, I love meaning. So we're talking, the whole point is, like, meaningful brands, purpose in your business. I don't perceive any meaning out of 90% of online marketing at the moment. So I'm really struggling to communicate this. Because, firstly, if I have clients come to me, I want them to save money. Obviously. And really utilize their money in the best way to represent themselves. So, like, I say 100% you should be on every avenue of social media. And I'm saying this hypocritically because my business is not. Okay. But it will be. We'll get there. We'll get there in the next... We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Um, But do you... Who is the best sized business or what is the best size of a business to start utilizing PR and to start any small business you can be small business to to multinationals okay it's it's always necessary because PR is is completely and this is what people misconstrue it's not the same thing as advertising it's not the same thing as marketing right this is content stories it's kind of like a merge of say journalism and advertising but it's organic it's not like we try to make it as relatable to the consumer and less bullshitty as possible yeah 
Um, and and then the, there's different ways that we could do that. So say it's not just like, hey, buy my product, take a sexy picture. It could be like someone doing a, a CSR event. Like CSR is a very corporate social responsibility. So, so that's important. doing something for the wider community that's associated with the brand and that means something to them. So that's like a super interesting small businesses often don't think that they're big enough to have a CSR model. So no. how would you how would you implement? So I'm a small um beachwear brand. Okay. And I'm obsessed with this example. I don't know why. Love it. We love the beach today. We love the I beach today. Yeah. Um we need to go tomorrow maybe. Um I'm a small beachwear brand and I don't have a budget to send $100,000 out to these in- influences online who may or may not achieve sales for me most likely not I'm like, telling you yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so how do I better invest say ten thousand dollars into CSR because I do care about the people that are wearing my stuff and I do care about my local surf community okay so honestly you I don't even think you would need to invest so much money sometimes it's a matter and people don't think about this outside the book it's a matter of a barter deal you know, just Love like out of the box barter exactly. deal. Barter deals. Okay, why do why do we always need money as a form of exchange? You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and that's kind of what CSR is. But CSR is obviously more meaningful in helping people, helping the right. community. Right. So you could do an event, and you could even, I mean, you could provide your product. So say if it's a product, you can give it. I don't like. I don't, I'm not a big fan of this, but if they have an event, you could put your product in the goodie bags. Right. Or if so, it's a, a donation C- to it do- a yeah charity event or something exactly I, th- I think it would be more it would be nice if you're actually donating something to a charity or it could be like every sale that you make um x amount goes to this charity right so that's another form of csr so, so how you- could you say we're not focusing on just charities i know charity the charitable space is really important but what if we're looking at just community engagement because we want to build our brand awareness locally for the beach brand or... For my beach brand. Yeah, We're so, just going to stick there. So let's just get in touch with like a local Lifesavers, like at the top of my head. Local okay. Lifesavers community, see what's going on, see where they need support. Yeah. And then maybe do some kind of event or or depending on, on what their needs are as well. You need to look into what the community needs. You can't... Another big epic fail of CSR, they do this a lot um, in the Middle East region, which is just bullshit, where they just do things for photo ops. So they go there, they don't even give a shit about these people. They go there, take a fancy picture, put on the front page of the paper, and it looks like they're like, you know, bloody Gandhi. Right. That's not the case. So I guess like the that just comes straight back to the why. Yeah. It needs to have purpose. You can't just help people just to, to look like yeah. Mother Teresa. So, okay, so... Um, let's look at my business. So I do a lot of work with charities and Amazing. I kind of do my service for charities. Perfect. So we're looking at ways that we can grow the charity in terms of donations or in terms of outreach. Um, how can I support you in any way? How can we optimize anyway? And for me, it's like, I love doing that. So I have no issue doing it for free. So you could even implement this in a, in a cross client kind of thing where you have one client that is you know has financial stability then you have the charity if they make sense to merge together you could connect them yeah and that's the way that you could help them and it's like never schemed like I'm not out here scheming for my own reputation I am just genuinely trying to achieve the best for everyone because I don't believe that there's a scarce amount of abundance 
for us. Those words are so contradictory, they don't belong in the same sentence. But Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I believe that there is, like, an un- unlimited amount that I can give, so I can give my time to you and I can give my time to you, and if you pay me or if you don't pay me, I ideally want to get paid because you need value exchange of to course. keep motivated. But if I can work for every charity available in the amount of time and my paying clients sponsor my time to do that, essentially happy to keep giving to whomever and whomever. So perhaps the CSR element is really about finding a way to do what you do to help people that can't afford to pay or do what you do to help a bigger picture, like do what you do to help whales that may be endangered or... Whatever is aligned with the, with that core value, and that's right. what's going to help you sleep at night at the end of the day. Oh my gosh, it's so really, true. really. It's it's more it's more of that about that peace of mind. We have so much homework to do now. So excited. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up there because I think what we'll do is like in the next episode, kind of talk about the next level of yeah. business. Um, and whoever's listening, let let us know if you like what we say. If you don't, give yeah, us feedback. Yeah, we want topics too because it's hard brainstorming this shit. Yeah, let us know. What are you struggling with in your business or in your life? We're happy to help. We're happy to banter. It would be so fun to have people call in. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if you're, you know, if you are, if you're in the Brisbane local area or want to give us a call on Skype, we're more than happy to do like a Vox Pop we'll interview. Figure out. We'll figure out the technicalities later. Okay, so we're gonna sign off now. So. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for listening to our first podcast. We're super excited. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll tune in for the next one. Next app. All right. Peace out. Bye.